Roll back. <laughs> Brown, Ryan Mew, and we're back with another episode, fourth episode of Love at First Try. Still don't know how I feel about that title, but we're, I think it's good. I think it's good. Well, it's been a couple weeks, I think, since our yeah. last um, episode. I think so, yeah. Um, we'll obviously have more of a normal recording stu- uh, recording schedule in a little bit, but we're kind of doing the backlog of episodes right now. Sh- yeah, we should have a... We should definitely have a normal posting schedule at least. Yeah. Maybe not a yes. normal It'll be a normal schedule. posting schedule. <laughs> the one thing I yeah. was interesting is there's some stuff I want to suggest, but I it's almost like I'm worried it will stop being trendy. Which doesn't really matter. It's gonna be good either way. Like stop being trendy by the time the episode hits? Like a thing came like there's a movie I want to suggest to you and then okay. a TV show that I want to suggest to you. And both of them recently came out. Gotcha. But okay. it'll be kind of like missing the mark a little bit um, in the sense of like the algorithm. But they're both really good things yeah, that yeah. I'm going to suggest anyway. Um, hey, we're not here for the popularity, right? Yeah, just we're here to have a fun time. There you go. Oh, do I keep missing this mic? It's fine. Okay. Just point it at your face. At my face. Um, Dead center at the face. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Are we restarting? No, we're not restarting. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. I just I just feel feel off. I feel like I Oh, you feel off. I feel like I <laughs> right after <laughs> right after I just said how much energy I'm feeling. I'm loving this. I'm feeling good. I have energy. I just don't know where to put it. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Okay. Hey, I hate to break it to people. This this is the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's gonna be a little chaotic from time to time. Um so I'm gonna review Scythe. Yes. The board game that we tried. Yeah. And then I'm gonna suggest something to you. As the podcast goes. Yeah. So here, okay. Scythe. Yeah. Okay. I, my meat. I felt very confident about this one, but I'm, I'm waning a little bit. I didn't like it. You didn't like it. Okay. Wow. I, I didn't think we were going to go that far negative. Okay. I thought I'd just get a neutral. Okay. Wow. So here's here's my caveats to it. Okay. It was meant to be played with multiple people, more than two people, I think. Definitely. Like, even yeah. though you can. Yeah, I think I think it's better with like three or four people. Yeah. Five gets a little crowded. So, I think there was a little bit of that. Okay. I really liked the systems. I thought the the board was cool. I thought the art was fun. Mm-hmm. I was there like a, such a small thing that was kind of frustrating to me that shouldn't matter, but does is like. I didn't like that, like, some of the pieces were hyper-realistic, and then some of the pieces were, like, little cut-out, like, mm-hmm. like blocks. Like worker blocks, worker yeah. They're, blocks. like, standard board game blocks. Yeah, it just, yeah. there there wasn't that consistency that um, Wingspan had for me, where I felt, mm. like, super immersed. Okay, okay. I kind of had these little moments where I was like, okay, why is this, like, a Lincoln Log, but that's, like, a full model of, okay. like, a Mac. I feel like, that. that threw me off a bit. Sure. Um, I don't know if it's just my where I'm at on a sense of like time frame of how much time I have to play a thing or what there was just something in to me that was game. like it's long and it was really complicated yep and I I was like cool I'm okay if I never play this game again wow like man swing and a miss I, it's I'm sorry I, I only had you on this one. and it's almost like I'm I like think I would like it 
if there were more people, which I think that's the only time that I would yeah. try. Yeah. Um, I think I was just like, I thought it was cool. I just didn't care. Like halfway mm. through, I was just like, mm. I was like, I, I might win. I might lose. And I just don't like sure. there were, in wingspan. I was like, even though I knew I probably wasn't going to win, I was like, oh, cool. Okay. And then I'll do this. And then yeah, I'll do that. Like I, yeah. I got into that flow. Yeah. Aware that I wasn't going to win. And Scythe was like almost too chaotic. Of- yeah. And like I could see the strategy playing out and you're playing very reactive. And I like and again with like the two people, it was like we just kind of did our own thing, even though it felt like we we're supposed to be at war. Yeah. And we didn't do a lot of combat yeah and like you just kind of took positions and it was like okay that's the game like it just kind of feel like that's the game yeah and it was like a pretty close game i think yeah. like but i just i don't know i couldn't it didn't hook me okay it didn't okay. suck me in which is also really funny because i think scythe on paper is more of my kind of game than wingspan definitely yeah. but i way more enjoyed wingspan well, I mean, that's honestly quite exciting to me because I enjoy Wingspan way more than I enjoy Scythe. I just thought Scythe would be your kind of thing. No, I agree. I think I think that's a good suggestion. And I was kind of like laying in bed after it, thinking about it. I was like, I didn't like it. Dang. Like, okay. I don't think okay. and I don't think yeah. it's a game what? that I feel like if you like those kind of games, you need to try it. Yeah. But yeah. it was also this piece where I was like, like, I like Dead, Dead of Winter. Mm hmm. But it's also just like, I don't want to set up all these pieces, get everyone ready. Like, there's just this piece of like, I just want to play I just want to play the game. And I yeah. think like that was the mind frame I was in and kind of the mind frame that I've been in lately. Like, sometimes I like the games where it's like, get everything set up, get everything prepared. You know, you lay out the table, everyone comes. It's just sure, like yeah. event. But then sometimes I just want to like play Uno. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Yeah. And it's like, so it's this interesting balance and like, and it's something I've been considering with like when I'm designing my current board game mm-hmm. is like, I want you to be able, I want the turnaround time from be able to start a game to end a game mm-hmm. and then start another game be so, f- be fast. Yeah. And yeah. I think that was the thing with Scythe was like, oh, this is cool. I would love if I could play another game right now, but that's another three hour yeah, commitment. Yeah, happen, yeah. And then so I was like, I think I really wanted to like it. I really liked the upgrading mechanics. Like, I think the general, like, how you build your civilization up was cool. Mm-hmm. It just didn't feel like it had the impact I wanted it to. Okay. I'd be like, oh, I upgraded this thing. It's like, okay, now I can upgrade this other thing easier. Yeah. And it yeah. didn't. And I don't know if I would maybe. It doesn't necessarily, like, all connect together in a coherent, visible way. Yeah. And and maybe. And again, it's like I keep bringing it up because I keep feeling like it was the missing part was like you were on the other side of the map. Yeah. I was on this map. And there was just like for so many turns, just like no, nothing eventful. Honestly, we got half. We could have gone the whole game without interacting with each other yep. at all because yep. it was two player on this big map. Halfway through the game, I realized that, and I was like, "Well, I'm just gonna send my guy over there and start messing with him." Yeah, you know, like I just and I just could to feel. Have and the thing happen. is, like, I could feel that. Yeah, and I'm like, he's not doing this because he has to. He's doing it because I know, wanted. He to wants do to something. go. Hey, this is how combat works. Yes. I'm like this is. I don't yes, know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So it's like that's fair. I would maybe try it if there were more people involved, but it just felt, and it kind of felt like this, like there's this thing where it's like you have so many moving systems in a game Mm -hmm. that it's like 
you can make a really like chess is a really simple game, but it's really complicated. Yeah. There's like easy to learn the basics, but then nearly impossible to be a master at it. So I think I'm just like, look, like you're looking for something that's like easy entry, but a a wide path to explore. I, I don't know. I'm so, I'm so torn because my, my gut reaction is like, I didn't like wingspan or not. uh, I didn't like scythe. Okay. But I really wanted to like scythe. And I really liked the direction it was going. It just didn't have that spark for me. Mm, okay. Like, there's something about when I was playing, ma- like, starting to really learn magic. I was like, oh, this clicks. Mm-hmm. And this feels cool, even though I don't really know what's going on completely. Or Wingspan. When I was like, oh, okay. Like, there's there was no, like, ooh, I like where this is going now. Sure. Like, I would go, here's the goal. I'm going to build this mech and give him the ability to go over water and then it's like oh okay cool like i can do that now i guess like is that yeah how helpful is that so i don't know if it was like i just wasn't put enough positions where the upgrades i I was doing or the things i were doing felt okay here's the best way it i didn't feel impactful okay my just it didn't feel like my decisions had a larger impact on the game and even in wingspan my decision to move you know put this bird down has a huge impact on how the whole system works yeah where yeah. this feels like i'm trying to really like optimize where my uh workers are at and what mech thing i get and all this stuff but at the end of the day just felt like okay but like if i get another mech who cares yeah yeah it's it's almost like um there's so many decisions that they all feel small and impactful yes yeah absolutely got it okay yeah okay so it was yeah it was our first uh our first miss glenn how does it know okay <laughs> hey no, but hey, I think it, I, it's not gonna be a 100 percent hit ratio on this podcast no i don't think so but i think that's, that's, the, that's the thing that's interesting about it is it's so my game on paper it's okay it's like I'm work. glad you're backing me up on that because that's why I came in so confident. 100%. I'm like, on paper, this is this is Ryan to yeah, a T. Yeah. Like, well, it's like, and I start. It made me. What I love about it is it made me start to really think about what do I like about a game, and I think like the first thing sometimes that pops up is like, ooh, complicated war games. Like that's Ryan's kind of like, ever, yeah, you know, yeah. Like that's the thing that he really enjoys. Yeah. But then I think of like, I love Risk. Yeah. Like, it's so and fun. that's pretty simple. And it's simple. Though. Yeah. It's a war game, but it's just like you move the guys and you roll dice. Like, yeah. I, I would say when I suggested it to you, like, super complicated wasn't even, like, the reason I thought I was perfect for you. I was more of thinking of, like, the strategic elements that were going on seemed yeah. like elements you would like, as well as kind of the mech like painted figurine kind of vibe yeah seems like up your alley too i don't know there seems like a lot of small components then that when put together seems like very ryan yeah and but. i think i think the other thing too is like keep we keep referencing dead of winter but it's just like yeah. uh, you know, it's one of our easy touchdowns it's one of my favorite board games yeah but like it, you're only controlling like one or two people but every single role everyone cares about yeah yeah it i felt really like counts, i like yeah. cool i i have this i made this tunnel who who cares mm. what is this like this benefits me a little bit and doesn't yeah. really make your life any harder yeah and so it's just like 
with Dead of Winter, it's like you roll to look for food and everyone's losing their mind every roll. That is okay. So now, now that you said that, that really like hits me of something I do really enjoy in board games. Um, like Dead of Winter or like pa- Pandemic is a really good example. Have you played mm, Pandemic? No, no, I haven't. Um, okay, maybe that's coming mm, up on this podcast. Three board games. Uh, <laughs> no, not in a row. We'll wait a little bit. Um, but uh, they they not only um, are really good at making you care about every decision you're making, they're really good at making you care about what every decision everyone is making. Yeah, exactly. Like every other person's turn is so impactful to your own as well and pandemic is a co-op game where Mm -hmm. you're all working together but like you're so invested in other people's turns because it's going to highly affect what you do on your turn exactly that does uh, now that i'm thinking about it that does sound way more fun (laughs) yeah and i think like risk walks that line with it where you're i think the thing about risk is like you all have land yeah and it's like you have to start taking people's land in order to make progress in the game. It's not like I get this one chunk of land and then I'm going to start to grab this one and start to grab this one. It's like the whole world's already taken up. If I yeah. remember the rules correctly. Yeah. Yeah. The whole world's already taken up. You have to then make a decision. Like, do I, do I invade? Do I build up my defenses? Like, yeah. Are they going to invade? Like it's, it's immediately everyone's border to border. Yeah. And I get with Scythe where it's like, hey, you're kind of expanding. And like, I generally think that's an okay mechanic. But then you get up against each other and there wasn't enough of a tension. Yeah. To, for it to be like, ooh, I'm going to move my mech here. And now Glenn's going to have to respond. It's like, I move yeah. my mech and you're like, I mean, if I lose the worker, I lose the worker. Yeah. I mean, not, I'd say that, not that it has to happen anytime soon, but I would like if we had the opportunity to play with four people and give it another shot. Um, I definitely think you would enjoy it more. I don't know that it would like save the game altogether, but I I think it might be a more fun experience. Yeah. If we get the opportunity. And the other thing I was thinking about though is like, so with Dead of Winter and Risk, you can kind of glance at everyone and for a general idea, understand where everyone stands. Mm-hmm. Scythe, I, there's so many parts. Do you like that? Do I you don't like think be- I do. Do you, I mean, do you like being able to know where everyone stands? I think I like knowing, gen- like, I think it's fun where it's like, oh, so-and-so's the threat. It's like, nope, psych, I have this card and I'm, you know, the threat. Like, that's a fun moment. Okay. But the thing with Scythe is like, what does he have upgraded and what does his skills do? Like, everyone's got... You're too busy keeping track of your own stuff. Yeah, but, I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to focus on my thing and then all of a sudden it would be like, Glenn's like, oh, I won the game. Like, I that is my least favorite experience in a board game. Okay. Is when okay. you think you're at a certain spot and then someone goes, oh, I just won. It's like, oh, okay, I guess that's... Okay, I guess we're throwing guess all this out over. the window. Yeah. And I don't think that has to do with me losing, but I'd rather be like, crap. Like, Glenn has got this in the bag. We have yeah. to take him out. Yeah, we have to do something. Like, that to me is way more fun than like, let's add up the points. Oh, I won. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, cool. great. Yeah. Fun game. I, I don't get know. You. Like, yeah. it's just... So, there's a little bit of that. Or like, it's fun with like, in Data Winner where you're going... Oh, I'm definitely like I definitely got this in the bag. I have this objective done, and so and so like screws you over. They're the betrayer. All of a sudden, they win, and you're like, I didn't see that coming. Like that's yeah, that's fun. Such a different feeling than like 
let's add up the points. Oh, you lost. I don't know. So it's just uh Yeah. I and to be fair, I do think once you it I've played Scythe a lot now because my it's my brother in law's like favorite game. Um, where I feel like I'm more capable now of like seeing where everyone's at. Like I can take a glance and understand how far people are along. But yeah, definitely the first couple times you're playing it, you're not gonna know <laughs> where yeah. anywhere's at. It just yeah. seems like a lot. So Yeah. Okay. So it was interesting. Okay. It was yeah. like I was expecting myself to like go. I love this game. Everyone needs to play. Maybe it. I hyped it up too much. No, no. I I don't think if I ignore everything you said about it before, and just like as soon as the board opened up and I saw all the pieces, I'm yeah, like, Ooh, this is gonna be cool. Yeah. And then I was like, there's a fine line for me for how complicated I want a game. Mm. And that was interesting. I thought like the more systems, the better. But it's also like, I think you, you might have been with us this one time when we tried to play Axis and Allies. I don't think I was there for a, that. That might have been middle school. I don't think I've played that before. Well, we didn't play it. Oh, okay. We you like tried, tried to play We it. tried to play it. And we're like, okay. I don't even understand these, like, all what's going on here. Really? Okay. And like, I have heard fair, it's complicated. But. Yeah. And it, to be fair, it was like we were younger and we hadn't had played like D&D or like other sure. kind of more Sure. Not familiar with games. stuff like that. So it was like a little different. But yeah, I... I liked it overall. I just like, I'd say like, if I had to give a rating, I don't. I forgot we give ratings. Yeah, hit me with the rating. Just uh, like, opinions change over time. You know, this is just your first. I'll just give it a five. Out of five stars, I give it like two and a half. Okay, that's fair. It's like, that's fair. Right in the middle. Horrible game. I didn't hate it. But, like, am I going to ever pick it up again? And am I going to yeah. be excited to go over to someone's house as they're playing it? Eh. Okay. Like, I'll do it, and I'm sure it'll be fun. But I feel not. it. Okay. Yeah. Also, it's like, isn't it, like, really expensive board game? Isn't it, like... It is pretty expensive. Isn't it, like, 120 bucks or something like that? I don't know that it's that much, but I know that... Uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was enough that I borrowed it for someone and didn't buy it yep. to bring it to this podcast. <laughs> it was enough where I didn't want to buy it. But I do think the price has come down a bit. From where it was originally. Oh, I was very um, off. It was sixty dollars. Sixty dollars. I mean, it's, it's not bad. It's still a decent bad. chunk of change. So, I mean, yeah. for a board game of that size, and yeah, scale, that's not yeah. bad at all. That's not bad. Um, so yeah, I think this was. I think it was a miss. I'm surprised it was a miss. Okay, I, I mean was, that's good to hear. I, yeah, that's good to hear. I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't completely off base in the pitch. No, 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 no. yeah. Which I think. The, to transition i think that i'm pitching to you mm-hmm. i have actually no idea if you're gonna love it oh okay i just love it so much okay that i th- think you might like it okay. so we'll find out okay. so we're gonna go to our break and then we'll be right back sounds great welcome back welcome back we're here and i'm gonna give you my suggestion of what i think you should try i can't wait what i think you'll love um okay so i need to kind of before i actually tell you what it is I need to describe a feeling that I have a around feeling. documentaries. Okay. So it's it's it, it is a docu series. Okay. Um. So for those, I, I think we might have mentioned. So I I went to school for documentary filmmaking specifically, and I'm. I don't think I'm too pretentious when it comes to docs. <laughs> like. You disagree? No. No. No, like, like I just know. Like, I just love that you're leading with that. That is your lead for this that's pitch. Fair. Okay, 
I don't think I'm too pretentious. <laughs> well, well, okay, hold on. I don't think I'm too pretentious when it comes to documentaries in the sense of like there's some kind of more highbrow okay. where it's not necessarily for the masses. Just when it comes to documentaries. Just You're when pretentious it comes to documentaries. everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Um, so this is like a, I would say like a easier access point when it comes to documentaries. Okay. But the thing I've been hating, I'm all over the place, but it's fine. The thing I've been hating about documentary series lately is that every mm-hmm. documentary series is just about murder or rape or this criminal did this thing yeah, or this serial killer. Bad, and depressing. it's just like, I, I get it because it's, it's such low-hanging fruit. It's like, this is this awful thing. Let's explain to you for three episodes how it happened. Yeah. And sometimes they're really cool. Like, I don't want to say that they're all really bad, but it was like... When I first told people I was doing documentaries, it's like, oh, so like National Geographic, like animal documentaries, like that is really that, that was, was the first. Poll that was like the for? thing that people it's like, oh, so you're going to go like film lion. Like that was their understanding what? of documentaries. And now that's wild to me because I feel like my first poll for documentary is like war. Like I think fair. of war yeah. documentaries, yeah, exactly. you know, which also to me makes me so angry because they're both so. There's such extremes. Yeah. And I get it. Like there's a lot of stuff in the middle. You have Ken Burns, he's like one of the biggest documentarians yeah. out there. And then like, you know, Planet Earth and all those different things. Like they're sure. they're they're great. Yeah. But it's just wild to me because it's like for me, the documentary moments that really click are like when you just get a slice of what feels like this like you're a fly in the wall. Sure. Um sure. Oh, I should have researched it. But Do there's you- a do you sorry quick question yeah. do you think that the reason those two are so prominent is because there are huge like tv networks set up and geared to those things like there's not national though. geographic and oh, you got like oh, the history channel two. you know what i'm talking yeah. about like but like the thing you're talking about the like almost like slice of life or like the things in between don't have like this big network to pick those things up is that the reason yeah because i I think a lot of those times for documentaries like that you have to kind of go out and seek them they're not no one is showing not very often you're not seeing like big blockbuster documentary films yeah it's kind of like if you like documentaries you have to go and find them yes but now they're becoming big because you're having these serial killer documentaries or like Jeffrey yeah. Epstein documentaries. Like, there's just yeah. so many on these, like, specific people who have done just a lot horrible, of, horrible things. A lot of biopics also recently. Have you noticed yeah, that? Yeah, and... So many biopics. And it's just, like, I think sometimes they're cool, but sometimes they're branding. It's more of a promo piece of, yeah. look what I'm doing, stay connected to me. And, like, I don't want to bash any, anything specific, because I think some of them are really well done, technically. I just... <clears throat> I don't get the same connection aha moment that i do so one of the one of the biggest documentaries and i will probably suggest at some point to you is minding the gap okay and it's for this is not what i'm suggesting currently but it's for skateboarders in rockford illinois and it just follows their story oh and it's i thought we were gonna be in london here (laughs) mind the gap (laughs) yeah and it's it's a 180 it takes such a 180 it starts about skateboarding and then it gets into domestic abuse and Dang. parenting okay. and fatherhood and why do these kids do this hobby that's so painful gotcha. um, and okay. it's incredible it's just 
so amazing because you get to empathize with these people that you might have never understood. And you get to, when you can connect to a person in a documentary to a level that's not just, I went through this traumatic event, but this is just me as a person. Like maybe there is traumatic stuff in my life, but you get the whole, you get a little bit of this whole picture. I know that's kind of pushing the envelope a little bit where it's like, it is a documentary. So there's things that are cut out and it's not. You get a glimpse a glimpse into someone else's life yeah. and get to know them on a little bit deeper of a level. You get immersed. Yeah. And like, and I think documentaries are having this huge explosion right now because you have these kind of crime documentaries. You have documentaries about different pop culture things. You have do- like, it's just all these documentaries are exploding and they're becoming more like documentary series. So they work with the whole Netflix and Hulu yeah. algorithm yeah. of just like, more and more content. One of my biggest gripes is a documentary series that is reusing content, like where they have to keep reminding you about another thing. Oh and I'm just like, my you can tell this story God. in an hour and a half. This does not need to be three okay. hour long episodes. Can I go on a Please. quick tangent? Yes. Because my wife, Holly, like I'm, I'm not judging people who watch these shows more power to you. If that's what, you get enjoyment from that's what helps you relax go for it but i personally cannot watch some of the tv shows she watches um mostly on discovery channel um or like tlc like those kind of shows because literally in an hour-long episode there was only five minutes of content (laughs) and before and after commercial breaks they're just telling you what is going to happen yeah but they will tell you like, oh man, this guy falls in the woods and breaks mm-hmm. his leg. Yeah, that does not happen for twenty episodes yeah, from yeah, now. Yeah. But every single time you come back from a commercial, it's gonna play you like a three minute clip of like, oh my gosh, this guy's falling in the woods. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, nothing happened in this episode the whole time. It drives me insane. And I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna draw a really fine line and say there is a huge difference between reality TV shows and mm-hmm. documentaries. Oh yeah, sure, sure. And I think like a lot of times the just, reality TV show does that that connection brought me yeah a hundred percent and then i and i think the where one that is really frustrating because i do jack and i watch the bachelor and bachelorette like mm-hmm. it's our guilty pleasure yeah i just scream at everyone probably some other things yeah it's yeah. amazing yeah um i hate it and i love it at the same time um but the like the documentary series they'll like show the same interview clip because they're trying to like connect the it's just it there's there's no flow to the documentary. Okay. And it okay. becomes this thing of like, we have to remind you because two hours ago we explained this thing and now we're going to bring it back up. Gotcha. And I just like, okay. it, it just feels so. Is a little of that because it's broken into episodes too, but like I they should just know that people are just binging all of it. You don't need to remind us what happened in episode I one. I think it's that they need that every episode needs to be an hour okay. in their head or whatever time it is rather than saying like, we're going to cut like I don't think the the amount of content from a good documentary and this isn't always the case, but like you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage mm-hmm. and like so much gold gets left on the cutting room floor when you're trying to put it into this tight one, this. one and a half hour yeah. where they feel it feels like to me that they take a bunch of talking heads like a bunch of interviews yeah, and they go we have to extend this and we have to use the same you know, photography, you know, the same photo or the same graphic because mm-hmm. we need to extend this into an hour for three episodes or seven episodes. Yeah. And I just go like it, it just, 
kills me because I feel like it's the I feel like it's the kind of we're just trying to keep this thing going and they said that we need seven episodes and so we have to make seven like I don't you know I don't know what the inner workings of all that are there's a little bit more business going on there where it's like we have a contract to meet and like stuff like that I just think it's sometimes it's fine and it doesn't bother me at all and sometimes I'm just like I really like this content. I really like the story. I just wish they tighten it up. Mm. So, okay. That all said, this is a documentary series. Okay. So it's it's currently coming out and I first 10 15 minutes, I got totally swept away. Okay. Like I it is a I almost want to like start looking more into it because it's like I get highly emotional. Like mm-hmm. the content itself, it was not anything necessarily spectacular in the sense of like it was really pulling my heartstrings. Yeah, it's just to watch something so well crafted and thought out, mm. okay. and to connect these stories and to connect these like just so many moving parts in a way that feels cohesive. I mean, you're just, you're an artist and you're seeing yeah. a good version of your art. Yeah. yeah, and I and I like there's some big names attached to it, and so it's like I there's also this piece of me that feels like oh. I shouldn't feel that way because it's mainstream, which is like very much the, that sure. is a pretentious like hipster. But like, I just first episode, I'm like, I'm done. I'm sold. I'm watching this to the end. Maybe not so, every episode will be this good. So you said this is currently coming out. So yeah, it's not so like it's, full released yet. No. Okay. And so it's on Hulu. Okay. It's called Welcome to Wrexham. Have you heard about this? This sounds extremely familiar, but I can't place it. Okay. Welcome to Wrexham. So I'll just read off IMBD uh, documentary series chronicling the purchase and stewardship of Wrexham AFC, one of one of professional football's oldest clubs, by two Hollywood actors Ryan Reynolds and Rob. Wait, wait, I have heard of this. I've heard ads for this. Um, Yes, yeah, you have. I thought this was a TV show. Like they said, Ryan Reynolds, and I'm like, okay, he's acting. No, it's him. As he's acting as like this in this comedy where they buy a football team. So Ryan, that Reynolds, is what I that's yeah. what I picture. Yeah, no, Ryan Reynolds. Okay, as Ryan Reynolds. Yes, partners up with I'm. I always say his last name wrong. Rob McElhenney from okay. um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay, uh, Mythic Mythic Quest. Uh, which which guy in Sunny is he? He's the one that is really buff and then gets really fat and then also becomes gay and then gets buff again. I don't know. If, I don't know how like into. I know one of them got extremely jacked and I saw an yeah, interview that's about him. it. Okay. That's him. Okay. Really cool guy. Yeah. Um, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm really I know, right. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm really right now. Okay. So this guy and Ryan Reynolds, Rob and Ryan, actually bought. A football team? In Wales. In Wales. We're talking about soccer. Yes. To the American folks. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Go ahead. Okay. So. I did not know we were going here. Okay. So it's this town, Wrexham, Wales, which um, had a major um, like iron and steel industry there. Okay. Um, Really popular. It has the oldest... Uh, stadium in the world for football okay. for soccer we'll just mm-hmm. call it football for now on yeah sure um football football and so they're you know really good team they're they've been going for like a hundred years or so 
and then the town starts to kind of fall into hard times the team starts to get demoted and it's this whole thing and so th- some people in the past bought the team and kind of screw them over so they're even doing worse and then rob grew up in philadelphia and he really connects with this town and this football team and one of his writers on his show in wales in wales so one of the writers on the show who's english like follows football and so rob would see him watching football all the time Mm -hmm. explain the sport to me because rob's into american football yeah um and so then they start going and he has this idea and he goes if i want to do this i need like bigger money so over social media he connects with ryan reynolds and would they never meet in person who is from canada who's from canada that's that's the other thing i'm like what uh, what is their connection to this football team there's no so they and they mentioned that they're like we understand that an american and a canadian hollywood actors yeah are looking to buy a welsh football team yeah and they like but here's here's the thing so out of left field Oh, absolutely. It's it's just the wildest thing. But what I love about it is you get to see them have to ask the town because the team is now owned by the town. The town has to vote all together. Okay. So you're not you're not watching them win it nothing's scripted. And it's just you they're on the Zoom meeting. Yeah. Ryan and Rob haven't met at this point in person yet. This is all through you know, social media and sure. FaceTime and things. Sure. And they're going, we want to buy this team. We're going to buy this team. You get to watch the news reports go like, this is a joke. Like they're not going to buy this team and then connect with people. And they're like, okay, we're going to put it to a vote. Do they? Cause it's not even like their business, like th- they're businessmen to a degree, right? Yeah, like, 100%. like Ryan Reynolds owns a mint and a yeah, mint mobile and gin, aviator gin yep. and stuff like that like he could go to the owner of this football team and be like hey i want to propose you a deal i want to yep. buy the team from you blah 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 blah. normal business proceedings but he has to buy this from a town of people yeah that is what i'm hearing they have to vote him in to own the club that is wild so and it's just like this it's, this sounds like straight out of Shit's creek Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, but what's so like? I literally get shivers as we're talking about it because it's a real story that is currently happening. And like, I don't know when they started filming. It was like kind of during COVID that they started filming, and like that's like this big conversation. But the thing that here's here's where I was like, I'm so invested. I've never I've never watched a football game from beginning to end, like a professional game. I have no idea. I don't know how, fully how the system works. Yeah. But there is this thing called reg, uh, regulation. Okay. Rel- oh, nope. Relegation. relegation. Okay. Okay. There's this thing called relegation. Dear Carter, I'll pay you twice. <laughs> I don't pay him anything. Um. Okay, so Carter's going to be rolling his eyes through this whole thing because he actually like follows football and soccer. Oh, know? good. So he, he'll, he'll know a little bit more. I should have just brought him in to explain this. So, if we can have guesswords, <laughs> should be a thing. So, if what's a what's a sports team that you like? I mean, the Blackhawks is okay. the only team that so I've Blackhawks. followed. If the Blackhawks keep losing game yeah. after game after game, which yeah. is pretty close to what's currently going, yeah, they're not doing hot. Yeah, um, they will start the new season and it's a fresh start. Maybe they'll rebuild. Maybe they'll switch players out. Yeah, and stuff, yeah, yeah. You do stuff to revamp. In football, if you lose enough times, you actually get demoted out of the 
out of the league? Out of the league. And you go down. And you can keep going down. So theoretically, okay, the Blackhawks, if they lost enough times, season after season after season, would just could, cease to exist. Could be just like a local team. No, they don't cease to exist. They just keep going down. Dropping in leagues. But they can then work their way back up. So there's a... What? There's tiers of leagues. Okay, this sounds awesome. This is what I'm saying. So I love Wrexham this. is four or five leagues below the top league. Okay. So the top league. Okay. The top that, league is like the World Cup kind yes. of stuff. Okay. They get paid around like 3.5 million a year as a player. Wrexham as gets a player. Paid, okay. Yeah, this is the top of the top, right? Yeah. Wrexham, their average is like 39, 40,000 a year. Okay. So then, like, if they lose, they get a pay cut, and their team isn't as profitable. Who who is are these? Just like general pay structures, yeah, exactly. just based so on how much the team is bringing in, how much the team's like bringing ticket in, ticket sales and stuff like that. Um, I think it also okay. has to do with like your league. Also, is like how much money goes to that league. Okay. Okay. Um, so there's like funds that are being exactly. set up for these leagues. Yeah. Okay. So it's just this like completely different understanding. So you have these guys who are. The town is not where it used to be. It's kind of a rougher place now. The team isn't doing great. And then you have two Hollywood actors from two separate countries come in and buy the team. And now the show is about how they are going to rebuild the team and work their way up. I mean, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I mentioned Shit's Creek, but the more you describe it, I'm like, this is literally a this is this is a comedy you are describing to yeah. me. It's just so wild. I will there was there's there's this beginning scene where Ryan and Rob walk out onto the field and that's just so genuine. There's something about this show. Um, so there's a, there's a term in documentary filmmaking um, called cinema verte. Okay. Um, so the concept of cinema, cinema verte is more that you're filming a moment. You're not using an interview to push the story forward. It's just like, you know, there's a shot of, let's say, you at home mm-hmm. and something's happening and it's not, we're not, I'm not asking you any questions. You yeah. and Holly are just yeah. talking and that's actually communicating and pushing the story forward. Yeah. It's, it's what some people would call like a more pure version of documentary if you're trying to like connect to reality the most. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so while the whole thing is not cinema verte, so much of the documentary series I've been seeing are, let me explain to you what happened. Here's what happened. Here's a picture of the crime. Now this person's going to tell you what happened. Now this person is like, sure. here's a reenactment. Yeah. And this is like, hey, this is what we're thinking. And then you get to see Rob like talking with his family. And you get to see Because it's him. all like filmed in real time. Yeah. Right? And this is like, to me, a more like on point. Um, it just feels like there's actual like heart put into this documentary series, which is so mean for me to say because I'm sure they have tons of money, so it looks great. And sure, feels sure. great, but it's yeah. just like it's. It, I I feel like when I think of a documentary, I don't think of a documentary being there for that moment. If that makes sense to me, yeah, explain that. Like, like when I think of a documentary, I think of this thing happened in the past, whether it was like a week ago or years ago. And we are now going to go and try and do interviews, grab stuff to, or like walk the neighborhood, you know, to like investigate this event that happened. I fear like 
like just to use obvious yeah obviously this would be ridiculous but just to use the like murder mm-hmm. analogy like the documentary is never there when the murder happens yeah you know what i'm saying so like that yeah. seems weird and rare to me but it sounds like what you're describing of like there these are two people with a lot of money so it's almost like they're able to just kick off a documentary before the event even happens yeah and do the documentary as the event's happening yeah. Which seems way more interesting, way more engaging, interesting, engaging. compelling. But like, the thing is I don't know. That's it's not just... a that's a pretty common thing is that people just tend to for some reason there has been more of a commercialization of documentaries of things that have already happened because you're hitting, you know, history like people who are really into history or people who yeah. have an obsession of the certain niche. Well, in a but lot of stuff, it's like you don't know it, it's happening before it happens, right? Yeah, like, but I think the documentaries that have spoken to me the most are things where things are happening in the documentary as yeah. it's being filmed. Like one of my favorite documentaries, and it's like it won an Oscar, is Icarus. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm-hmm. So it's the cyclist. He is realizing that everyone's doping in the I wouldn't say he's professional, but he's pretty high up there. Okay. He realizes that a lot of people are doping. And so he's like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to exploit and show how messed up the system is. And I'm going to dope and record the whole thing as a documentary. Okay. Like I'm going to show people how much it impacted me, how much I would be people. Sure. So he connects with this guy who's in charge in Russia to like, make sure that people aren't doping. He goes, okay, I want to break the system. How do I do this? Halfway through the documentary, the whole event of all the Russians doping for the Olympics happens and the guy he's talking to is involved. And so they need to get him out of the country because Russia is now starting to take people out who are involved. So the, the documentary takes this 180 shift from this is a documentary about doping. And now this is a documentary about politics and what the Olympics mean. And And the Russian government, the Russian government. And and, and he's like calling him. He's like, this guy that I worked with just randomly happened to have a heart attack after all this stuff happened. I don't think it was a heart attack. I, we need to, and all of a sudden, it's like it's filmed on iPhones now because it's, they can't bring cameras to the airport. You know, it's just like that's wild. It's just like that's the stuff where it's like you don't need to make up a story. Like this is this is just reality, and that's like that's my yeah. love and draw to documentaries. Is I always tell people I'm like reality. God is always going to be writing a better story than I could ever come up with. Yeah. So I yeah. I want to, but if you can position yourself to be present. Yeah, I feel well, that just that just sounds like the hardest part to me is like, how, how do you uh, I feel so rare to me that someone would be able to be present for the event, unless, unless you are specifically setting up the event to be the documentary like that yeah. case. Well, you I know? think the two documentaries that I've two of them that I've been working on have had similar situations and it comes down to am i going to let this end the documentary or are we going to shift and make it part of the documentary because i go i want to tell this story well the story hasn't happened yet i'm filming the story as it's going on and this change happens like one of our main characters in a documentary we were doing died okay so then it becomes okay what do we do with this do we just end the documentary do we make this documentary more about him and his life and his impact or we had another documentary where his family was supposed to go overseas to be these missionaries. Yeah. They sell everything except for their house. They're about to head out and then COVID hits. Damn. And all of a sudden, okay. they're t- and this is the thing. It's like we started this documentary f- three, four years ago. Yeah. 
I can't rush it. I can't say, can we shoot the scene where you guys get to the, this is the thing with docs is like, yeah. they take time and they, there's this, yeah. you can't rush it. And it's, I, I think it's also why the stuff with the history channel is, I also think it's why the stuff with the history channel takes off because it's, it already happened. Yeah. I can write the story. It's easier. Out. I can yeah. talk to a, B and C and then we finish it where the documentaries that I'm interested in. And then I think the documentaries that impact me the most are documentaries that are like, it's happening. Like, yeah, you just have to wait for this thing to happen. I, now. I, I obviously have no involvement in documentaries. I, I don't even like seek out to watch documentaries. I've never filmed a documentary or anything like that. But what you just described, like, like the missionaries and then COVID hit, you know, like gave me chills. Like that pumped me up so much of like, yeah, that sucks, but it's like, Oh man, this can be so, so different now. Like that sounds so exciting to me to a degree where I feel like, I don't know anything that could happen. Like sounds like such a letdown, but it's like, now you just have this whole new vision for this piece of art. It's staying flexible and, Again, another thing I would suggest that's really great on a podcast level is this podcast called Startup, where, and I think I brought this up before. Yeah. Um, basically, a guy who's a pretty heavy hitter in the like radio world decides to start a podcasting network, mm-hmm. but he films, he records himself day one, like talking to investors, and he leaves in an investment conversation and he botches it. Like, it's just, he does a horrible job at it. And they keep okay. bringing it up because yeah. he's like, I'm learning. Like, this is the process. Like, yeah. This is, yeah. this is, I want to include all of this. Yeah. I want to include my mistakes. And, and it's know, all about, and it's, it's more com- about the failures than the successes. And you hear like conversations with him and his wife going like, this is really hard. And like, what do I do in this situation? It's just so, it's so genuine. And I think it's what people want in reality shows to so- sometimes. Like, I think some people yeah. make the arguments like, I just like, cause it's real, which it's not, it's not. Yeah. It's a whole nother so conversation. It's scripted and stuff. But yeah. like, I think there's something about this Wrexham documentary series, Welcome to Wrexham, that's just like you get 15 minutes in and you're like, I don't know. I don't care really how this ends. Mm-hmm. I just want to see ever like I want to see them go through it. You, uh, to be honest with you, you've got me so hyped for this thing. I can't <laughs> wait to watch this now. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it sounds and I, great. And I think it's I think the cinematography is amazing. I looked up. I think there was like two camera guys. And that's always how I'm thinking, too. Like, I'm like. Okay, how do they get that shot? You're seeing the shot, background, yeah. That, yeah. And, you know, I'm. It's just, it's wild. It's so cool. They have a scene where it's like, there's a game going. I think it's the second episode. There's a game going on, and you have the reaction of the people watching the game, and then you have the reaction of Rob and his son waking up at four in the morning because the time difference watching the game. Mm, okay. And it's just so, it's so beautifully crafted. And I don't know how it'll be. A couple episodes in, I've only seen two so far. Okay. I'm totally heads over heels for it. Okay. So, um, I, I don't, I don't know where we're at on time, but, um, I think there's a lot to cut out of this episode. So I think we're okay. 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 Good. Um, but I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited to watch this. I I do want to ask how much of this do you want me to have watched before we record next? Do you want the, Um, do you want the, do you want the show to be finished or just episode one? There's only three or four episodes out. Okay. So you can watch as much as you want. I okay. was thinking if you wanted to, because we're kind of having a conversation, like we want to record an episode after this yeah. today. I mean, it's, eh, we'll see. But 
you could either watch. I think if you watch the first two episodes, okay. you could have a decent conversation about it. Okay. I think it's also something that I want to keep revisiting and talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I want to have, uh, I forgot, we've probably changed the name like a hundred times, but I want to, I like the idea of uh, like reflection segments yeah. or touching back on things we've suggested in the past. And, and I think the evolved. thing that I'm excited about this for you is I, there's a whole documentary world mm-hmm. that I think there are all these films. I think you would really enjoy. And I think I honestly think it'll be something like once you get the bite, you're going to catch it. Like you can't gonna, wait. Yeah. So this feels like a really awesome entry point high production. Cause sometimes with documentaries, you have to go in going, they're not they're they have no money like this is a shoestring budget yeah and they're winging it and i need to kind of just look through the dust and see the really good content but that's not always the case yeah but yeah there, i could talk about i mean obviously this we've talked about this for a bit now like i could hey, talk about documentaries forever that's I mean, fine right? there's a, a reason i studied it <laughs> so nice yeah. yeah i think this is a really good series to start and i suggest and this is like a thing i think i don't know anyone who would like this because you know me i hate I don't hate sports. I just have no interest in sports. Sure. And I think it's cool to talk to people who are passionate about sports, but I'm not really someone that would sit down. First, after the first episode, I'm like, this might be my new thing now. Wow. I might just be into football now. Like, wow. Okay. I'm just that. So it's just like that, I think, shows like you do not have to go into this show, even knowing Ryan Reynolds or even knowing, you know, like any of the players or the system and they do such a good job of explaining like it's i think it's tailored to people who are interested in the idea of two celebrities buying a welsh football team or football club and then saying i mean you're playing off how wild this is yeah exactly so i so it's gonna draw anyone in i totally love it i'm excited for you to kind of hear I'm also realizing I'm putting a ton of my heart into this one, which is like, you know, it's like, it's like you might go, dude, this is the worst show ever. (laughs) Just go. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. So that's my suggestion. Okay. And uh, I I can't wait. I look forward forward. to hearing your review. Yeah. um, Yeah. This is uh, Ryan signing off. (laughs) This is Glenn signing off. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next episode.